0: We are back after a bit of a hiatus. I've finally all moved into Dallas. The Ball and Roll Pick and Pot is back. Lots to discuss this week. The James Harden move. The Toronto Raptors are terrible. Kevin's happy about a certain Raptor player. Tons to discuss. NFL playoffs. Fantasy sports talk. Let's get after it. Before we get into it, BallandRoll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.BallandRoll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Guys, let's get right into things. Kevin, how have you been, man? It's been a while. Man,
1: I've been I've been good, bro. Yo, f- football's been crazy. You know, I adopt, I've adopted a new team, the Baltimore Ravens. They're, they're not really a new team to me because I, I I love Lamar Jackson. Richard knows that firsthand. Um, uh-huh. I've, I've been I've been watching a lot of The Crown lately. I love a Duke mm-hmm. of Edinburgh. I don't know what I feel about him, but like Queen Elizabeth, she's been holding it down. You know what I mean? She's the queen for a reason. Uh, other than that, other than that man, I'm good. I'm good. Like the Bulls just came back from like a four-game Western Conference tour, where you know they won a game, which is sick. I'm so happy. I thought we were gonna get swept for all four. We won one game, and we were in the race for all three. It went down to the last point, so I'm quite happy with the uh, outcomes of all that. But other than that, man. I've been good, bro. How you doing? Uh,
0: normally, I would make fun of you and the Chicago Bulls, but judging by how the Toronto Raptors have been doing, I can't really say anything. But I've been, dude, I've been doing good, and also I think I got the hot hand right now. I've won my last four straight parlays. I've never had that ever.
1: guy. Okay. 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 I know. I, I've been keeping up with you with uh, with your parlay so far. Yeah. And, uh, uh, no, you've been hot, I, man. You've been hot. So you should give like the big parlay thing. this
0: weekend. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a big
1: parlay this weekend. But um, but like John, for a fan, yeah. Bet, bet your bet your house parlay is what you should put out on this podcast. My house? Be, no, be, no. I'm not saying it's it's like a figure of uh, speech. You know, bet your house parlay. It's like you don't have to bet your house, but like you know, take out a second
2: mortgage and bet that. You know what
1: I mean? Anyway.
0: Uh, yeah, no, not doing that.
2: John, how are you doing? (laughs) Hey, man, I mean, unlike Kevin, man, I'm not satisfied with uh, my team losing on the last possession. Raptors did that twice in a row on a back-to-back, but they did pick up a win against Charlotte, so I guess there is a silver lining to these clouds right now, but, man, it's it's definitely a hard time to be a Raptors fan right now.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So I was but I, I pick it back off that for a second, one second. Nice. Like, see the re- the reason why I'm happy, John, it's not like of course I understand if I won all the, if the rock uh, if the bulls won all those, I'll be ecstatic. But at the same time, you got to understand where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a franchise who was pretty much the joke of the league for quite some time right now. You're coming okay. from a franchise who just won a ring just a few years ago. So like your expectations are high. Mine aren't. Mm-hmm. I, mine's mine's pretty low. So right now, dude, going like toe to toe against a healthy Lakers, a healthy Clippers, and going down to like the last possession, like that's exciting to me. Like the fact that we we're still in the game with those guys, with we're running our young guys. We're running Patrick Williams is in the starting lineup, running most of it. Kobe White is stepping up and doing a lot of it, and like Laurie Markinett and uh Chandler Hutchinson, all those guys they're out with COVID as well. And we're still in the game, John. Bro, we're yeah. still in the game with that. So I that, mean, For me, that's exciting, bro.
2: I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And I will say I have caught some uh, Bulls games this season uh, as a courtesy of being your friend. So uh, <laughs> I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Bulls. But I can tell you for a fact that, yeah, I have every right to be r- frustrated right now with the Raptors because they're in winnable games. It's just they can't get anything out of their center rotation. Uh-huh.
1: Even yeah. last night's game too. I like
2: I Almost they should have
1: they should have blown out Charlotte. Charlotte, no disrespect. Some of the guys over there are stepping up this year, but they didn't have Gordon Hayward last night. And, like that's one of their best scorers on that team. And uh, without Gordon Hayward, you should be able to like drop like the house on them. And like Pascal's been getting out of him and shooting slump playing a little better but at that at that point everybody else has to step in limit the turnovers and get something like that shouldn't have came down to one possession and they could have lost that like like you said they could have lost that game that's crazy mm-hmm. to me
0: yeah so i i guess i wanted to kind of start with the trade but since we're on the topic of the raptors let's get right into uh right into this so the raptors are three and eight like kevin said they should have done a lot better yesterday but at least they got a win um what I've been kind of noticing from this Raptor team, and I guess this is what separates a good team from a bad team is that they just can't close games, you know, like the Raptors teams that we've watched in the past that are in like tight games all the way down the wire. Like they know how to close out these games. Like you look at this team, they're ranked in the middle of the pack in offensive rating, middle of the pack and defensive rating. Like they're just, I guess they're just okay. And that like pains me to say, but like, if this this was a good team like they would find a way to close out the portland blazers when they were up by like 11 going into the fourth quarter they would find a way to close out the golden state warriors when they have a strong like second half comeback you know and like throughout the season like the raptors have led in just about every single game that they've lost and Mm -hmm. it's just obviously i don't want them to be 11 and 0 but my point here is the good teams know how to close these games out. And right now it just seems like the Raptors are struggling with closing games out among
1: many other things. Um, How do you feel about that? Oh yeah. Go ahead. Like your defensive rating is, is poor right now. Like compared Uh. to where you should be and like you're rebounding, you're one of the worst in the league at rebounding right now. And I don't understand why you're like, Putting in Alex, I get why you're putting in Alex Len and Aaron Beans, but at the same time, like, dude, my, my, my fantasy child, Chris Boucher, the guy who I said was going to average 15, 7, and 3, which he is like at the brink of doing right now. Like, he's averaging like 15 point something, 6.6 boards, and like two points on what blocks right now. This is a guy that should be in the starting lineup because he can, he can actually provide rebounds and help them in, in the defensive area as well. Like I, I don't yeah. I don't know what's going on with like you have the pieces as a team. Why like why aren't you using it?
2: I've got the yeah. answer for you, Kev, honestly. So every game up until that last game against Charlotte, I've watched this season, and long and behold the Raptors pick up the win when I'm not watching. So that's number one. Maybe you have to stop watching <laughs> Raptors games. And uh okay. in terms of Boucher, man. I'm kind of cheesed right now, because I'm actually, for the for the listeners out there, I'm matching up with Kevin right now on our Fantasy League, and Boucher is killing me in terms of blocks, rebounds, and like threes, so mm-hmm. Boucher is not my friend right now, but <laughs> I can say if, in terms of the Raptors' defense and rebounding, I think it's just because Baines, he's been a complete non-factor in the minutes that he has played, and he's completely fallen out of rotation, so... Mm-hmm. It's clear that we're already lacking in terms of uh, Bane's production and Alex Len. We weren't really going to expect him to be a starting caliber center. He's just in there for size. So mm-hmm. really, our only good center is Boucher. So that explains the defensive struggles in terms of interior defense, in terms of rebounding. But like like Richard was saying, this team just doesn't know how to survive these droughts that they have on offense mm-hmm. for for stretches they're going to make a bunch of threes and then they go for another five ten minutes where they don't make anything and that's just it can't happen if you want to be a good team in this league mm-hmm. and that's i think the biggest reason why the raptors are in the record that they are right now is because you're not getting consistent scoring every night from one or two three guys yeah. some some nights it's powell some nights it's lowry and uh fred Van fleet some nights it's siakam but you're never going to get all five of those guys contributing at least 15 plus points per game. And I think that's the main reason why the Raptors are right now at, I believe three and eight. Yeah. Yeah, three and eight.
0: yeah. And I completely agree. And it's just like, it seems like what's been happening with Pascal Siakam, obviously had a very slow start. Seems like he's working himself out of it. So he had that triple double a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, his shooting has improved, as Kevin has mentioned. Um, he started playing better over the past couple of weeks. I think Fred VanVleet has been pretty good overall. I, th- I think he's been solid. Kyle Lowry has obviously been great, and then Chris Boucher has been a revelation for the Raptors, and he's been great, as Kevin predicted before the season started. But other than that, it just doesn't look great. Like the Raptors, and we've touched on this already. The Raptors, in terms of depth, it just isn't there. Like Aaron Baines has been essentially terrible since uh coming in like the Raptors are leaning on guys like Stanley Johnson and Utah Watanabe to or however you pronounce his name to fill in like significant minutes you know and they're just not getting it done like Norman Powell's been like hit or miss um and my biggest question mark so far has been just OG Ananobi has not looked like he's ready to take that next step forward that I'd say, the team expected when giving him this contract extension. And that's, for me, that's, I'd say, like, the bigger concern right now with this Raptor team, that, like, the Raptors probably expected a little bit of a jump. But what we've seen from OG Anobi is essentially what we've seen last year. He's an elite def- uh, defensive player, an elite perimeter defender, but on the flip side, he's just he tends to be so passive offensively he doesn't look for his own offense and he just hasn't been impressive for the toronto Raptors. so mm-hmm. let's let's uh kind of talk about that a little bit like i think do you guys agree that og Ananobi has been kind of like a key a key name that just hasn't got it going yet
2: I'd have to agree in terms of offense, because you definitely, if you're the Raptors, you expect OG to make open three-pointers, and he hasn't really converted on most of those throughout the season so far, but honestly, I wasn't expecting OG to make a huge, huge jump this season to like a 15, 17-point score. If he could have just approached maybe 13 with solid efficiency and a couple more shots, maybe flash his handle every now and then. That was at most what I was expecting from O.G. this season. I think in the next couple seasons, we could see a bigger leap in his offensive game. But I think the biggest letdown so far in terms of offense has been Norman Powell by far. Because last season, he was that guy off the bench that was really going to provide you a consistent 18 points per game. And I really think last season he was definitely snubbed for the six-man award. Because at times he really just took over. And a couple of things I've seen around just doing research and watching Raptors film, I think he's definitely, he's lost it a little bit because Marcus Saul really set him up on a lot of plays last season, especially off ball. So when you get to see him now creating his own shot, it's looked a little bit awkward and he's gotten a lot of turnovers. So for me anyways, the the biggest offensive letdown has to be Powell for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. see for me norman powell i i would never trust that guy i i know last year especially when uh guys got hurt he really stepped up and he was pouring in buckets but at the same time like i don't know he's just never been reliable i've never viewed him as a reliable scorer i've never viewed him as a reliable player but og is somebody that you know he's 23 years old right now and i get it you know a few years i'm sure he's gonna develop into something really good but you know, for a team that just came off a championship run, like you need, your expectations are really high, and you, you have a big void over there with a few players leaving, and this is where you want OG to step up, and we talked about this before the Raptor season started. Like, wow. OG, somebody, like, 15 points per game, 60, whatever, like, that's something that he needs to contribute. Defensively, he has the gift. Like, he's, re- he's very talented when it comes to, you know, moving and all that, but at the same time, like, He needs to get buckets, man. He he needs to get some assists, get some boards. I I know it's point per game, uh, uh, like the per game stats that Richard hates, but that matters. That matters towards wins, and OG needs to get those right now, man.
0: Yeah, if I can just quickly comment, like for me, like Kevin said, I'm not a big fan of the per game stats. For me, it's just like I wanted to see him come in and shoot the ball better and be more efficient. I wanted to see his game kind of take a step forward in terms of just like his overall aggressiveness you know and we haven't seen that and like obviously if he was able to do that that would translate into better point per game numbers but i just i just wish there was a little bit more efficiency like i agree with john on his point about norman powell but i mean let's let's be honest norman powell isn't getting paid a lot con- compared to like what the NBA is at today. And Norman Powell isn't a big part of this team's future. They envision OG Ananobi to be a big part of this team's future. And obviously he's still young. He's still only like 23 years old, but I guess I kind of expected to see a little bit more. And I know there was a bit, uh, there was a very short break between the playoff exit and the start of the new season. But I don't know. I like, I wanted to, I want to see him be a little bit more aggressive. Like I would love to, Take a needle and uh, just like pull out some of the aggressiveness from like um, mm-hmm. from Powell and just like shove it into um, O.G. Ananobi because just so many times. Oh, I mean, sorry, Kevin.
2: Biohacking,
0: but, bro.
1: I don't. Th- I don't know if that's allowed.
0: I don't need. I don't know if that's
1: You
0: <laughs> probably need to get like consent, but <laughs> I mean, it might help.
1: No, I, I agree with you. He needs to be more aggressive because the, the thing is that like, I think he needs to come into the understanding that there is a lot of pressure on him. Mm-hmm. And he like if he's going to be that player for the Raptors, he needs yeah. to step up to that pressure. And that, that that's just it. If he's not, then that's fine. Like you have to look mm-hmm. for the next measure. Stop spending yeah. so much time with him. You know, that that's the thing. So
0: here's so here's a question I have in this. This will probably be a good segue into what the Brooklyn Nets are doing with their, their big trade. Um, the Raptors are 3-8. and eight. They Obviously, still many games to go. Around 60 games left. Um, they're not in the playoffs part right now. Kyle Lowry has an expiring contract. Definitely a really good trade chip, I think we can all agree. What should the Raptors be doing right now? Like, are, Should they be looking at tanking? Should they be looking at... St- trading off Kyle Lowry for um future future capital should they even look into maybe moving a guy like Chris Boucher because like he's balling out so maybe there's just a ton of value in trading someone like Chris Boucher so what let's start off with you John like what do you think the Raptors could do right now given their situation given how other teams like the Nets have like really really beefed up and will be dominating the Eastern Conference for the next couple of years. So what's the plan right now?
2: Well, I think it's uh, definitely a sensitive topic when you talk about potentially trading Kyle Lowry, especially among a lot of Raptor faithful. But when you look at it in terms of an organizational standpoint, the Raptors this year, they just don't look anything like they did last year. And in terms of this early start, I don't think it's just this past weekend the Raptors getting completely unlucky in some games. Mm-hmm. I do think the Raptors have lost some of that swagger that made them yeah. you know, potential contenders last year. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, and then you take into the fact that the Raptors might not even play a home a real home game in Toronto this season with mm-hmm. COVID going crazy in the US and in Canada. Yeah. Right. So you you think that is number two. And then you look at the draft prospects in 2021. There's about like four or five guys that could potentially be franchise players on a on a team. So when I think of those three factors, I I would lean towards the direction of potentially you know moving off of Kyle Lowry, and getting some assets, and really just tank for this season, you know, because Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam they're still 26 years old. They're still young enough to sacrifice at least a season in yeah. order to uh, try to get better and reload for the following yeah. season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen this hashtag or um, this phrase pass around on Raptor's Twitter. Fade for Cade, Cade Cunningham. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm down for that, honestly.
0: Yeah, and Kev, I'll, I'll throw it over to you in a second, mm-hmm. but I just want to just comment on something that I've been seeing on Raptor Twitter lately. It's a lot of people saying that the Raptors should be a lot better than they are now and that they've gone unlucky in a bunch of games. Like, sure, you could... T- Technically, you could say that, but like if you look at their advanced numbers and compare it to the rest of the league, like they're kind of like, around where they should be. Like maybe they should be closer to like five and six. That's still mm-hmm. not good. Like y- y- if you fail to win a game late, that's a byproduct of like everything that has happened before the final seconds of the ball game. And the Raptors just haven't been executing well in their middle of the pack in just about every category, like offensive rating, defensive rating. Uh, Kevin touched on it, like, in rebound percentage, they're near the bottom. Like, defensive rebound percentage are near the bottom. Like, it's just not working out here. And saying stuff like they got unlucky is a disservice to, like, this team just hasn't been that good, you know? And the better teams are the ones who get luckier down the stretch. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think the I, I think looking into the the prospect of like trading a guy like Kyle Lowry could be the move. And like I mentioned, Chris Boucher. Like I don't know if Chris Boucher is ever going to be able to put these numbers up again. You know. Like, maybe that can provide, get the Raptors some value. Because Chris Boucher, even though he's projectable as hell, he's already, like, close to 30.
1: You know? Like, I mean, he, he's 26. Okay, calm down. Is he's he 26? I thought he's, like, yeah. 20.
2: I'm pretty sure he's 29. Yeah.
1: Is he 29?
0: Dude, he looked, uh, Kevin, you fell for it. He's 28. He's turning 29 next week. Or, no, he 28. just... 28. Sorry, Dude, he just... He was born...
1: Dude, he's, he's so old. He's 93. He's my age. Yeah. And you're old, Kevin. He's old. old. I'm, I'm old. old. I'm old. I, you're old yeah, the hill. <laughs> Dude, we, we're in, like, multiple groups. That's my prime. Younger than us. And, and okay. not just younger. Like, way younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, um, you're doing TikTok tenses to keep up with the people. I yeah, get it. And I, and really good. You guys
2: are um, down bad <laughs> right now.
1: So,
0: but, <laughs> but, Yeah, Kev, like, what direction do you think the Raptors should take now that Okay. Just seems like competing is not in the cards, at least for this season.
1: All right. So, this is my unbiased take. Like, if it were my biased take, I'd be like, tank, tank, tank. But if it were my unbiased take, it's tank as well. Because, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me just say this. Going back to your whole unlucky thing that you've been seeing on Twitter, okay, losing one game or two games, unlucky. I get it. But if mm. you lose eight games, it's not unlucky. Like, yeah. the, 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 like, it's not, you don't have a good team, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, the last time you won the championship, you had a player who was disgruntled on another team who wanted out. And the team was willing to do whatever it is to get rid of him. Yeah. Usually to acquire a player like that, you have to give up every organ available in order to get him, not just Jakob uh first round pick, and Jamar DeRozan. There, it, there's much more that needs to be done in order to get a player like that. So right now, the only disgruntled player that I know that wanted to get out already left. Now he's in Brooklyn. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So there's nothing like that out there where you know you can get a player that's going to immediately put you in a position to win. And even if you want a player like that, you have to give up everything that you have. And that's not something I advise the Raptors to do right now. Right now, what you do, think about the future. Think about some future picks. Because, I mean, Kyle Lowry, how many more years does he have in his contract? One or two more? He one on left. left. One, one year left. One year left. What, what are you going to do after that? I, you know, is, uh, uh, like, is it a guarantee that OG is going to develop into a star player? I don't know. He could be a very – like right now, at, at the worst, he can be a very good role player. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chris Boucher, damn. It hit me in the face right now. Dude's 29. Like he should be thinking about, you know, saving up for his RRSP, not, you know, balling out there. So, like, there's a lot of concerning things right now just – trade, get some, uh, climb in your draft stock, get, you know, get some good draft capital, maybe get a few young players from around the, uh, around the league who, you know, might not be getting the shine that they deserve on their team because they're just so far back in the rotation, but you might have a spot over here just because of, you know, trading away a lot of the key players over here. Like that That's the way you need to go right now. I don't, I don't think uh, there are, you know, there, there is a good chance the Raptors, can put together a team to go for a championship this year especially seeing how east has gotten stronger with like certain players and also even if they get to the finals i highly doubt there's a player on the raptors that can hold them down through a seven game series against a team in the west like lakers
2: so yeah like i I think (laughs) the bottom line is if you do you want the raptors to be a six to eight seed this season and you know potentially flame out in the first round maybe the second round if they're if they somehow put together, would you rather have the Raptors have a top five draft pick in a pretty stacked draft class? Mm-hmm. Draft pick?
1: Draft yeah. pick? Yeah, I think
2: we yeah, can go draft pick any day.
1: Yeah. Sp- speaking of a guy who, who who's had terrible seasons, but every year I get excited for the lottery, it's it's a beautiful time. It's almost as amazing as uh, the championship. So, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> go
0: for the draft <laughs> Well, speaking of the East being becoming a little more challenging, um, there was a big trade uh, this past week. Um, James Harden was finally moved. I love, I love everything about the fact that James Harden got himself <laughs> very fat and out of shape to force trade. I don't think we've ever <laughs> seen something like that, like ever, like a guy just completely going off the rails just to facilitate a trade. But like, I respect it. He wanted to get like he wanted it, and they got it done. Um, John, do you know what this trade was? Because I kind of needed like a spreadsheet to follow. So like, help me out here. James yeah, Harden so
2: to uh, yeah, James Harden to the Nets. That that was the only piece that moved to Brooklyn. And then the Rockets, they got a big haul. They got Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Radions Kurucs. Three first-rounders from Brooklyn in 2022, 24, and 26. One Milwaukee first-round pick in 2022, which is unprotected. And then they also get four first-round pick swaps with Brooklyn Mm -hmm. in 2021, 23, 25, and 27. Hold on, I got a couple more pieces moving here. We got (laughs) Karis Levert to the Pacers along with a second-round pick. And then lastly, Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince got moved to the Cavs, so... A big four-team trade.
0: Yeah. Um, so, thank you for that. Um, so, just some, uh, some of my quick takeaways from what um, Ball and Rolls Woj just said. Um, <laughs> I, I think, it, first off, um, it's kind of a shame that the the best like active player that the rap that the Rockets got here was a dude who's essentially a salary dump in Victor Oladipo. So. Clearly, the Rockets wanted some cap relief, so they got a Victor Oladipo. He's an expiring contract. Um, it seemed like they wanted young players, and they didn't really get it here, unless like Dante Exum becomes something he was supposed to become five years ago. Who knows? Um, but that being said, I do find it funny that after taking four first-round picks, they also got the Brooklyn Nets to agree to four different pick swaps. I think that was just like a slap in the face going like, remember what happened in that KG trade? We want that as well. So that was kind of funny to me. I thought it was interesting. Um, And obviously like the 2021 pick is probably going to suck. But once like Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving are all gone and the the Brooklyn Nets like literally have nothing to build on because they – they're like just getting rid of all of that salary that they had to, that was just, that just came off the table. That's when like the Houston Rockets are going to start like picking really high, like late, later down the line, in like the 2025 and the 2027. So I don't know. I thought the trade was kind of interesting. Um, very much a long term view. But what did you guys think?
1: So, okay. First of all, I, I, people are like, oh, the, uh, it's the same thing from KG and Paul Pierce, all that. It's not the same. KG it's and Paul t- Pierce were, they were fossils. F- yeah, they, they were, were fossils f- when they I got agree. there. Okay. I agree James that. Harden is one of the best players in the league. Even when he's fat, he is dropping 30 points. Like, he's still very talented. Let's not forget. All right. And you're everyone so worried about oh they're got they're trading away the future. Who cares about the future if you can win now? Like the Raptors did it. Do you guys do you guys care right now that you lost uh, you didn't have a draft pick the year after? I didn't give a shit. Exactly. I
2: mean, we, got a, nope. we got a ring to show for.
1: Yeah. That, exactly. That's that's that, that's the thing. And you got to understand Brooklyn after moving from New Jersey, so they're still considered a very young team, even though their history is quite long. They're still a very young team. This is a team that wants to make an impact fast, and I think that was their kind of goal from the beginning. But they went at it wrong, trading for fossils. But I think they finally hit it right, bringing over James Harden, one of the most talented players in the league. I don't know where this can go wrong. I mean, well, we. I mean, there. I mean, I know exactly where this can go wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I know exactly where this can go right as well, which is a good sign for a team like Brooklyn. All right, Brooklyn has been always a team that, you know, works out the chemistry. You know, players got each other and they went and won, Uh, you know, went and lost. But then they got some studs. And I'm hoping that same Brooklyn sort of a culture still remains in there and they're able to go for it. Even before this trade, John and I, we were on the boat where we thought, you know, out of the East, the team that we thought was Brooklyn. Why? My reasoning was they were just going to score. And this season, they've proved it. I think. when they've scored 120 points or more, they are, I think, six and one. Uh, no, yeah, six and zero, oh, six and zero. Oh, uh, when they score 120 points or more, and then when they score 119 or less, they're like two, two and five or two and six or something like that, right? Like they, ju- they just need to score more points and they'll win. And adding a James Harden, that's all that's gonna happen. They're just gonna score a lot of points. And then, yeah. dude. They they're going at James Harden, being like, "Oh, he's bad," you know. He's disrespecting the Rockets and the press conference. This dude just literally went up there and said, "Hey guys, I don't think we have a good team this year. I've been asking for a trade pretty much for a long time. No one's trading me away. I'm in pretty, like I, this is all me summarizing it in a way or what I gathered from it." He said, you know, I'm in my prime basically, and you know, I, he doesn't want to waste a prime, just kind of like uh, trying to help uh, Deshaun Tate get better. Like, dude, this—he like, wants to go and win, and that means going and playing with Kyrie, who God knows where he is, and Katie, and trying to go for a ring. Dude, do, do it. I don't hate anything about this race. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and
0: for sure, uh, I'll throw it. I'll throw it over to you in a sec, John. Like, I completely agree. Like. I didn't mean like when I was comparing it to the Brooklyn Nets deal. I was like, I was just more so commenting on the pick swap. Definitely agree that James Harden is completely different than what KG and Paul Pierce and Jason Terry um, and Marshawn Brooks was part of that yeah, trip. Don't forget role. Brooks. <laughs> uh, don't forget him, but Marshawn Brooks. Uh, yeah, the, the the Brooklyn Nets traded for Fossils then, and now they're play, they're trained for one of the best scorers in NBA history.
2: Also,
1: I think also, they yeah. traded for the fossils, and as a Raptors fans, you know what the result of the fossils were. They beat you in the first round
2: with yeah. the fossils. Yeah, but it took them seven games.
1: Okay, it, With fossils, John? What fossils? Okay, look, it took seven look, games with fossils. Look, look. As as a Raptor fan, I could I could
0: care less. But <laughs> as as a Nets fan, to to see your entire future mortgage for these players. And then to go through a seven-game series against a Raptors <laughs> team that's just getting into the playoffs—that's depressing. Like I'm watching, <laughs> and oh my God, we did not just do that. Um, but um, I thought this trade was like very interesting in the sense, like it kind of benefited just about every team involved. Like the Brooklyn Nets, they want to win now. Kyrie Irving can cop can opt out after next year, so can Kevin Durant. Like, I'm sure Kevin Durant is thinking, like, oh, my God, Kyrie's going crazy. Like, if this is going to be a thing that just continues, like, I don't want to be here long term, you know, with my crazy teammate. So, like, the the, the Brooklyn Nets had to capitalize on having literally one of the greatest players ever on their team. Like, sure, you could say they traded a lot of, like, future value. But the point of sports is to win. And I don't think the it's... I don't think the Nets will ever have a chance like this to win. Like you got to capitalize on having Kevin Durant. You have to capitalize on having Kyrie Irving. And then you bring in a guy like James Harden, like you have to win. Like you're immediately one of like the top two to five teams in the NBA. If this all comes together properly. And then you also have next year. And then if consuming all the players like opt in, then you have the year after that, you know? So like, this is a great window for the Nets to figure out a way to win. Like I'm, completely behind them for making this trade like this makes them a easily a title contender and they already were one beforehand on the houston Rockets side like they're completely rebuilding um it's interesting because they have like john wall on the books for a few more years and then once john wall comes off the books that's when like their good picks are going to start coming in from the brooklyn nets so like they're gonna have that cap relief victor Oladipo is gonna leave so they get cap relief there so now it's essentially christian wood's team so, what? I don't know. That might be cool. I like Christian Woods. I've liked him for a couple of years now. But then we look at, like, the Indiana Pacers. They got rid of that expiring contract in Victor Oladipo and brought in a Karis LeVert. Well, and I'm a fan of that move because, like, it seems like Indiana is putting something nice together for a small market team. Like Sabonis has been really good, Brogdon's been really good. Um, they're getting Jeremy Lamb back from his from his injury shortly, so that's an interesting trade. And then yeah, finally, and I'm sorry, John, I'll let you speak in a sec. Um, like then you have the Cleveland Cavaliers who just want to have a team full of seven foot guys, which is just funny, and I like it.
2: It's hilarious. Yeah. And-
0: I can't wait for the Jared Allen, Andre Drummond pick and roll. I'm going to shut up
2: now. <laughs> oh, no, I was I was going to say, that that pick and roll has a lot of promise. But, uh-huh. um, I mean, get, getting serious for a moment. I mean, the Cavs, this move didn't make a little sense to me in the beginning. Yeah. Then I was thinking, well, Drummond's on an expiring deal, so they're probably yeah. looking to move off of him. Hopefully, the Raptors can buy low on Andre Drummond. I mean, fingers crossed, because that's what the Raptors need right now. But talking again about this trade you know I just wonder whether the Rockets made the right move getting all these picks because it does look nice seeing all these picks on paper and thinking about the potential that these players could bring in the future but you also think that there was that offer for Ben Simmons potentially right and -hmm. you think well Ben Simmons he's a proven commodity already in the league and We don't even know how Ben Simmons would look in an offense that's centered around him. So you you start to think whether the Rockets made the right decision. And, you know, there's a lot of debate back and forth between um, whether making the move for Simmons was the right move or getting these picks. But I think ultimately the Rockets got the most value that they could have potentially gotten in -hmm. a trade. I think it would have been like just getting Victor Oladipo on the expiring deal is already great for their cap space. And then it, having all these picks in the future is going to help out the rebuild a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think the, it, couldn't got, got, it couldn't have gotten any better for the Rockets. But mm-hmm. in terms of the Nets, I wonder how James Harden and Kyrie Irving are going to coexist because they're pretty similar players that need the ball in their hands to mm-hmm. be super effective. So who's going to be the one that's going to defer a little bit at times as a off ball guard. We're, we're going to have to see how that turns mm-hmm. out. But I think the big winners of this trade, besides the Rockets, are definitely the Pacers. Because like Rich was saying, you move off of Victor Oladipo, you get Karis LeVert, who's on on contract right now for a couple of years. And then he's on the same timeline as guys like Brogdon, Sabonis, Miles Turner. And you've got a perennial contender now for a couple of years. So I'm liking where the Pacers are going.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just... I completely lost my train of thought, but oh yeah. So with the with the Sixers, like from what I gathered on Twitter, it seems like we know what the Mi- what they wanted from the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat said no. It was a trade package like built around Tyler Hero, a bunch of picks, and a couple of other young guys. The Boston Celtics were you know, in talks with uh, the Houston Rockets, and it seems like the Rockets wanted Jalen Brown. So I wonder with the Sixers, like. We don't really know what that package would have looked like. I, it seems like the the Sixers weren't down to move off of Ben Simmons. So I wonder if how the uh, Houston Rockets viewed a guy like Tyrese Maxey and if, if there it made sense for them to kind of build a package around like Tyrese Maxey and like a bunch of picks, you know. And then you also have to factor in how Daryl Morey is now like the GM of that team. And it seems like there's been rumors that, the Houston Rockets didn't want to trade with the Sixers because they didn't want to negotiate with Daryl Morey. So, I mean, it seems like one big mess, and I'm just curious to see how things are going to work out. But before we like move on to our last couple of segments, guys, do we know what when Kyrie Irving's going to come back or what the hell is going on there?
2: He's coming back ah. this his weekend, from what I heard.
0: Well, Steve Nash said today, I think he said today, I'm pretty certain, uh, today has been a blur, but I thought I saw on Twitter today <laughs> that Steve has no idea when he's coming back. I think he's eligible to come back this week because of the COVID protocol, but I don't, I don't think they know when he's actually going to come back.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't
1: know, I don't know what's going on there. Man. He got fined, what was it, fifty thousand, and uh, uh, about eight hundred thousand dollars worth of a salary was also um, uh, not given to him because of games missed. Yeah. Uh, and I, more than the money, I, like money is one, one thing. I, they'll make money, but it's like KD came over here to play with you, and like the rest of the guys who were there balling out is because of you. Like everybody kind of united over here because of these mm. the duo, and one guy just decides to just go off the grid for a week. Like yeah. I get not wanting to answer the press and all that. I've been to battle for him, but this is one of those things. It's like it's weird. Like even if you're not showing up to your work, which people are paying you for, like at least be like, yo, I can't come in. It's because of this reason. You you just say my mind ain't right, or like I'm not, not, I'm not feeling good. You just say that. Yeah. Don't just don't just go off the grid. That that just seems very unprofessional and immature.
0: Yeah. Like, like, do you think this counts as a sick day or like vacation, vacation day, or he just kind of fucked off?
2: Uh, sounds like an unpaid absence to me. I mean, uh, it seems really Dennis Rodman-esque. From uh, if you watch The Last Dance, just yeah. completely hey, disappearing. Out. I mean, how dare you? I mean, that's, that's I, Dennis Rodman-esque. Yeah. I'm not saying Kyrie Irving is Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman is on a completely different level.
1: Yeah. Leave the worm alone. The worm still came back and got 18 boards and zero points. Man knew his role, and he played it.
0: Okay. Mm. Anyways, guys, um, let's let's move on from here. Um, got to wrap this up really, cl- uh, really soon. But before we do, uh, we're obviously in the swing of the fantasy basketball season, so Kevin had a great idea about a potential segment. What we're going to do is... We're going to provide advice on who to pick up on the waiver wire. Some under-the-radar guys you guys can grab. will help your team. Kevin, this is your segment, so I'll let you take it away and, and start us off.
1: Okay, so uh, what we came up with is one ad and one drop. So the drop might be a little tough, but we'll see, you know, come up with some. But uh, I'll start with the drop. Uh, Jeff Teague, he's still owned by, I think, almost 30% of leagues out there. Peyton Pritchard has really stepped up. And once Marcus Smart comes back and also Kemba Walker is almost near uh, getting healthy, once all of that is done, I feel like uh, Jeff Teague might slowly start falling out of rotation because Peyton Pritchard is bawling his mind out. And I think they really want to work on their youth over there. So I would drop him. Um, My ad would be uh, seeing the use of Nurkic. He fractured his uh, hand yesterday. It said he's out for an extensive period of time. I'm not. I, I don't know if it's eight weeks or something. But during those eight weeks, one of the best ads right now. He he's only rostered by 56% of uh, t- um, leagues out there. Uh, it's Ennis cancer. He's a double double machine even coming off the bench. So I I can only see that you know his points and rebounds going up more. So it's a it's a value pick. Those are my those are my fantasy ads and drops. John, you can you can take it away.
2: Definitely some uh, solid picks there, Kev. I mean, in terms of my drops, there's a guy I picked up uh, about a week ago just thinking about uh, how he could potentially fit into my team, maybe provide me some blocks, some steals. That was uh, Vanderbilt. He's uh, playing in M- Minnesota right now. And all I can say is, man, I dropped him after this week because he provides mm-hmm. like literally nothing. And he actually started to get some decent playing time in uh, Minnesota, but he just doesn't provide points. If he gives you a steal, then maybe that's great, but he he fouls way too much and too many turnovers, so I had to move off of him. But a guy I recently picked up in anticipation for his return was Jeremy Lamb. If anybody's out there that needs some points and potentially some assists, Jeremy Lamb is coming back fairly soon. I mean, I heard reports that he's coming back maybe on this road trip that the Pacers are currently on, so I'm hoping that's going to come to fruition because... I'm going to need those points badly against Kev, man.
1: Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a sick pick. I like that pick. He's only rostered by 9% of the leagues out there. And He's a sleeper yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, with, with Oladipo being out, too. I mean, like, I'm sure there's an IR spot out there for anybody to just kind of plug him in for now and, like, see what happens. Like, that's a, that's a sick pick.
2: You,
0: you, said, you said Daniel House, right? No, J- Jeremy Lamb. Oh, sorry, sorry. I completely misheard. Okay, I'm bad. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I completely misheard. Um, But here we go. My drop is Joe Ingles. He's been hurt. He has an Achilles injury. Um, I don't know when he's going to be back. He hasn't been playing that well uh, leading up to that injury. And I feel like a guy like Joe Ingles is pretty easily uh, replaceable on the waiver wire. So drop Joe Ingles. And a guy that I'm Um kind of curious about is Daniel House. That's why I kind of brought him up because he's going to be back at some point very soon. James Tartan's gone. You have no idea what's going to happen with Victor Ledipa and what his role is going to be like. But I feel like Daniel House is now going to see a bit of an increase in his role, especially now that we're seeing rumors how the Houston Rockets are talking with the with the Timberwolves about PJ Tucker. So increased minutes, kinda curious to see what someone like a Daniel House is going to do. So that is the guy I would pick up and Joe Engels is the guy that I would drop. All
2: right, well, sorry, cool. sorry, Kev, I don't want to invalidate your pick there, but I had Daniel House to start out the season. The guy is dookie. I'm that's sorry. that's
1: Richard's pick. It's Richard's pick. Go at him, man. You
2: you can pick him up by all means. I, I mean, mean <laughs> if when we face off. <laughs> I mean, look, he, he,
1: he's look the, for for Dookie, he Let's see, he's still averaged. T- 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 I'm saying he's a bad culture guy. Okay, he's a terrible <laughs> culture guy. Okay? That's fine. It, it's not it's not it, a responsible thing to bring over a female, especially when you're in a bubble. Okay, uh, oh, what
2: we're whatever.
1: all we're all of this together. Look, and he forgot that. Look, he, averaging- Tyson Chandler paid the paid the price for that.
0: Look, Tyson Chandler. He's averaging around eight points per game. Um, he hasn't played a ton of games yet because of like his injury, and now Harden's going to be out. So he takes a lot of shots. So maybe he'll hopefully make a little bit more threes, get more points. He's averaging like around four or five rebounds a game. You know, he's only oh, he's only nine percent rostered, so he could
1: be an interesting player. Um, so. The reason why I like that pick is because um, John Wall. I I I don't know how many games he'll play this year. Like he's so injury prone. I'm not like I hope he hope he's healthy, but I don't know how many games he'll play. You know I don't know how useful he'll be for that team. So like the way that team is going, I'm sure they want to give their youth a lot of run. So I, I, I could really see Daniel House kind of step up, and you know average a decent amount there. He can be like a little. Little Swiss Army knife in a yeah. sense. A little bit of everything, which is sick. Yeah. That
0: that there we go. Thank you, Kevin. Right,
1: we go. <laughs> um,
0: okay. Let's wrap this stuff up. Um before we go, football playoffs are this weekend. Um I'm feeling hot. I got the hot hand, four straight parlays that I have won and conquered. What's going on this weekend? Saturday we have Kevin help me out here. So the Bills
1: and John the Ravens. Rams. Tomorrow so night. I'll, I'll walk you through it. So Saturday, 4.35. We got – okay, so Canadian time, Eastern time. Okay, not not Texas because we Canadians out here. Uh, okay. So <laughs> we we got uh, 4.35. We got Rams versus Packers. Packers okay. are favored by seven points. Um, do you, uh, why don't we just go through the picks for all, all, all three of us for each game? Sure. Let's go. How about yeah, that? Let's do all it. Right. Let's do it.
0: John's poor picks – in the playoffs. Right.
2: John's so cool. poor postseason picks.
1: There we go. <laughs> uh, Kevin, start us up. Start is, okay. So over here, Rams versus Packers. It's supposed to be freezing cold. Uh, it's supposed to be a uh, snow, a good amount of snow. And I don't know. I, California boys are going to come in there. They're, they're not going to know what hit them. I know the Rams are, they have an incredible defense. And the Packers, their O-line is hurting a little bit. But – and Adams, their best receiver on the Packers is going to get locked up. But this is where I could feel Robert Tunyon getting a lot of uh, quick uh, slant passes from Rodgers. You know, they're going to use utilize their running game with Jones and uh, Williams. And uh, the defense is going to hold up against the Rams because the Rams – you're talking about a quarterback who just came out a thumb surgery and it's going to be cold. So I don't know how he's going to be able to throw. Cam Akers is going to try to run a lot. I get that. and I'm sure he's going to get a little bit, but I think the Packers are going to be prepared for that this time. So I'm going to go right with the Packers here. Minus seven.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with, um, this is a tough game because realistically I'm probably going to adjust the line here anyways. Um. I think the Packers are going to win. Um, I'm going to, you know what? I'll go with the Packers minus seven, but I might adjust the line a little bit before tomorrow. I might go like Packers minus three in this game because I think the Rams defense is really good. So i got to look and see what's happening with Aaron Donald. So I'm going to go.
1: He's got an injection in his okay. uh, uh, yeah. rep. But like yeah. their defense is going to be sick. I'm going to adjust it to yeah. Packers minus 14. Okay. There we go. Uh
2: John. Well, uh I can tell you right now I'm pretty down bad because I just found out my uh, Washington football team didn't make it. But uh wait, when did you find
1: out, John? John, when did you find out?
2: I mean just now when I uh switched John. up the schedule.
1: John, your team was John. in the playoffs last week. John, come on,
0: John.
2: Oh, man. I am not Dude, the best you, Washington you football team the, fan.
1: Your, your team had arguably one of the best games of the season last week. Like, Taylor Heineke had an incredible game, and you weren't watching it. Jack come on.
2: <laughs> well, all I can say is they better change their logo, because a W is not appropriate. Mm. <laughs> no. But, uh, anyway.
0: I mean, arguably more appropriate than what it was before. If
2: Definitely. anything, it's uh, very ironic now. But, uh... uh no. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, anyways, Rams Packers. I think uh, my guts telling me that the Rams are gonna take this one. It won't matter the the cold or the snow. It won't matter, man. I think they're gonna take it.
1: Okay. I like this. Okay. Next up, 8:15 tomorrow night. Baltimore Ravens are visiting Buffalo Bills. It's we are expecting a snowstorm in this area, so uh, it's gonna be a lot of snow. Lamar came out and said that he doesn't like snow or he doesn't like playing on snow. And Buffalo is favored by minus two point five points.
0: Um, can I just come out and say that I'm taking the Ravens money line? I don't care about the snow, I don't care about anything. I for yeah. some reason something inside of me is telling me to take the Ravens money line. I don't know what it is. I'm just gonna ride with it. That was like my gut pick like a few days ago, like when this matchup came to fruition. I'm taking the
1: Ravens money line. No idea why.
2: I l- I like the confidence.
1: I, I know exactly awesome. why. Their, their defense is hot. Their defense yeah, is hot. They're,
2: they're peaking
0: at the right time.
1: I'll say it. Yeah. i that. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what matters. Like you, like, you look at a team like Steelers, they got hot too early. Mm-hmm. And look at where they are. They're the joke. Ha, ha, ha. Steelers. Chase Claypool. We laugh at you. Uh, mm-hmm. But good Canadian kid, though. Love a kid. Uh, but I, I love the Ravens' money line over here, too. Like, right? that. It, I. I know the snow; it's gonna affect uh, the throwing and everything. And well, let's not forget Lamar's not a heavy throwing guy, and he's won game so far, but using his feet. And they're gonna, you know, uh, the the Dobbs and all those guys; they're they're gonna start running more. And I think it's gonna click. And Andrews, like he's he's gonna be the uh, number one option. And the Bills have uh, had a real tough time against uh, tight ends so far. I think that's going to be an issue. And the Bills also lost their starting running back. Let's not forget that Zach Moss, he's been putting up numbers throughout the season inconsistently, but now that's out. So for me, when I hear a snow game, I don't think about like, okay, who's going to throw more? That's never the first thing that goes through the mind. It's going to be who's going to be running the ball, who's going to be controlling most of the game. And that's where I can see Baltimore winning this. And I can see them winning this by a good margin, like three, four points. I'm going to go with Baltimore, minus three uh, two point
2: five
1: okay John.
2: All right, all right well uh when i heard that the ravens were in i gotta go with my ravens man because uh a little fun fact Damn, my high school mascot was the ravens so everybody in my school rooted for the baltimore ravens and i'm just gonna rep my alma mater and say uh ravens on this one
1: john did your school have a football program
2: yeah, we were we actually had one of the best high school teams in Ontario.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: No, Wait, what we what? John, what school did you go to? Uh
2: Saint Rock CSS.
0: CSS, I have no
1: idea what that is. Anyways, but, Kevin. But okay, that that changes everything now. That changes okay. everything. Now now I'm gonna go Ravens minus six point five. That just that's just more confidence. Thank you, John. That's exactly what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: uh, if we're going by my poor pick uh, standard.
1: Nah. Yeah, but this is different. You, you didn't tell me your team was Ravens, and they had one of the best programs. That team is everything, John.
2: Yeah, there's okay. a connection there. So
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Next up, we have Cinderella. The Cinderella of, of this whole tournament, the Cleveland Browns
2: visiting uh, Kansas
1: City Chiefs. Chiefs are minus 9.5. Rich, what do you think? Um. I'll, I'll
0: probably end up adjusting the line to, like, Browns plus minus ten 10.5. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I don't know how close. Um, I think Chiefs have one of the worst rushing defenses in football. Browns obviously one of the better rushing offenses. Casey struggles defending in the red zone. So I think it's going to stay close. I think the Chiefs are going to win. But... Uh, you know what? I'll 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 just stick with that. I'll stick with uh, Browns plus nine point five.
1: I'll stick with that spread. Okay. But before I give my pick, John, I want to hear yours.
2: Mahomes. You got to go with the Chiefs, okay. man.
1: Perfect. Interesting. Interesting. I'm changing. I'm going Cleveland Browns money line. Cleveland Browns money line. The Cleveland Browns <laughs> will upset the Chiefs this weekend. Oh yeah. I mean look, that helps my plus nine point five, so may God be with you. (laughs) May God be with us all. Because I I want the Kareem and Browns, Cleveland Browns in the divisional finals, man. That'd be sick. Uh Uh-huh. That'd be sick. (laughs) I want to go Corvette, Corvette. Uh next up, Sunday, six forty. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are visiting New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by three points. Um the Bucks are getting hot. And they're getting hot at the right moment, too. But history this year speaks that the Saints are the better team. They blew them out. They also won another attempt. So they're 2-0 and against the Bucs this uh, the season. Rich, what do you think is going to happen?
0: I, I got I got the Bucks plus three. I just don't think Tom Brady is going to lose to the same team three times um, in the same season. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me in my head. I got to see it in real life to believe that it can happen. So... I'm going to go with the Bucks plus three.
1: John, what about you?
0: Mm,
2: this is a tough one, man. I I can't lie. I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan, but uh, my gut is telling me to bet on the Bucks on this game.
1: And, John, your gut is correct. I, I don't know what kind of probiotics you've been taking, but your gut's right right now. Let me tell you something. We're talking about Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., all right. This is a man who's lived in the playoffs. This is nothing new to him. He's been here, he's done it, he's got, he's got he's running out of real estate on his fingers because of how many times he's been here. People are saying Bill Belichick, sure, I'm sure that has a factor, but being under Bill, he knows how to control the game, he knows what to do. And one of the best playoff duos, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, they're playing. I'm taking the Buccaneers' money line as well. Ride with me, everybody. Bucks money line. They're going to win.
0: There we go. That's all four games, then. <laughs> all right, let's go. Okay, Pass um, This has let's been... it this has been our first uh, Ball and Roll and Pot episode of
2: 2021. Damn. Um,
0: yeah, it's over because it's 2021 now, so... This is our first post-pandemic. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, this has been fun, guys. Um, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Until next week, peace. Peace.
1: peace. Bye. Morning,